0: Welcome to the Unplayable Podcast, brought to you by Qantas, the spirit of Australia. And one team that have been doing a lot of travelling on Qantas planes over the last little bit is the Aussie national side. They've just completed a three-match ODI series against the West Indies. They clean swept that, 3-0, and now they're on to the dead old T20 International Series against the same opponent. Uh, My name is Josh Shonofinger. I'm joined by Jack Painter, who has been following the Aussies around the country. He's now in Hobart. And Jack, it was your birthday on Wednesday, so happy birthday, mate.
1: Thank you, Josh. Yes, uh, Hobart turned it on with the weather on on Wednesday when we arrived, nice and sunny, and uh, my colleague took me out for a nice steak, so it was a beautiful evening to spend the night in Hobart. Okay, well, before we get stuck into
0: the upcoming T20 series, why don't we go back to Canberra where uh, the third ODI was, uh, well, it was a blitzing, wasn't it? Australia absolutely dominated the West Indies. Uh, it was all over, it's about 31 overs. And it was still daylight when the match finished, even though it was supposed to be a day-nighter.
1: It was a bit like a T20, that game, wasn't it? Um, getting an early jump on the T20 series. But I think, <laughs> um, yeah, the West Indies, they lost the first two games and then Shea Hope asked for a bit more from their batters and they just couldn't deliver. I think the run-out between Matthew Ford and Roston Chase, that sort of summed up their day, really. The two batters <laughs> sort of uh, having a few words with each other and I think the West Indies will be pretty keen to move on from the... <laughs> the ODI series with a few fresh faces coming in for this T20 series.
0: Yeah, well, just on fresh faces, Australia had four debutantes in the ODI series. Uh, Xavier Bartlett, Lance Morris, Jake Fraser-McGurk and Will Sutherland. I think that's correct. Um, And a couple of those guys had spectacular performances, including Xavier Bartlett with two four-wicket hauls to begin his ODI career, four for 21 and four for 17. He just had that new ball swinging and he looked like he really belonged at the top level, Jack.
1: He did, Josh, yeah. Um, no Australian man's taken eight wickets in their first two ODIs before and uh, he's bettered Carl Rackerman seven from way back in 1983, I think it was. So beautiful start from him. But I think all four of those debutants gave us a little bit of a glimpse of um, what, they, what skills they possess and what the future sort of holds. We saw Jake Fraser-McGurk, that was incredible striking in that uh, last game in Canberra to get the chase done in overs but even the his debut in Sydney was just as um, spectacular only lasted five balls but he wasn't taking a backward step that's for sure
0: yeah uh, everybody loves watching Jake Fraser McGurk go about his business and I'm sure he'll be a a real crowd puller in the years to come Uh, Lance Morris he sort of hurt his side in Canberra do we have an update on where the uh, WA quick is at
1: He was due to get a scan last night, but he spoke to some media in Perth when he arrived back there uh, yesterday, and he said uh, it's not looking good for the Test Series, Uh, might be a stretch too far. And then Jai Richardson as well has started bowling, um, but he won't be bowling at full intensity for another six weeks. So he did his side uh, in the Big Bash as well, so a couple of West Australian quicks there with side injuries, which... uh, unfortunately isn't great for them and isn't great for the fans as well because um, they were both expected to play a part um, for Australia in, in well, the series that's going on at the moment and, and certainly in New Zealand as well.
0: Yeah, that's a bit of a shame, especially considering how quick both those boys are, but wishing them all the best with their recovery. Um, yeah, so it was a pretty successful return to the 50-over format for the World Champions Australia. It's now quite away until their next series in that format, but... I they'll be pretty happy to put it on the shelf for the time being and uh, just rest with their World Cup Championship winning rings and uh, move on to the T20s, which we're yeah. going to now as well, Jack. Three matches in this dead old T20 series. First one's in Hobart on Friday, February 9th, Then we're off to Adelaide on the 11th and Perth on the 13th. It's all pretty... Uh, quick back-to-back as far as the squad changes go we've got uh, Marsh, Mitch Marsh is the captain for this series, Jason Berendorf, Tim David, Glenn Maxwell, Marcus Stoinis, Matthew Wade and David Warner is back as well as well as Spencer Johnson who comes in for the injured Nathan Ellis Um, so it's very much all guns blazing now for this side which is
1: getting ready for the upcoming T20 World Cup uh, later this year. It is, yeah. It's pretty much a full-strength squad, apart from Alice, as you mentioned, who just needs a little bit more time to recover from that uh, nasty rib injury he got falling on the ball in the big bash. Um, But we're also missing uh, Pat Cummins, Mitch Stark, uh, Steve Smith and and Trav Heads resting. And Matt Short as well, unfortunately, did his hamstring in the second ODI and won't be taking part. It was going to be exciting to see him, and especially where he batted as well with potentially – a spot opening up at the top of the order alongside David Warner uh, with Aaron Finch retiring since the last World Cup. So it'll be interesting to see how the Aussies um, go about that for this series, I guess, with Head also missing. Um, You've got Inglis there who opened in the ODIs. Uh, Steve Smith's done it in the BBL, but he's missing this series. So they'll both be back for the next series in New Zealand. But, uh, yeah, it leaves a bit of an opportunity for someone like Inglis or potentially Mitch Marsh to do it.
0: Okay, okay. Um, Yeah, great opportunity for Inglis, um, but plenty of competition there. You said David Warden's back. Where's he
1: been? He's been playing in the UAE. He has, yes, for his Dubai Capitals, who linked with his uh, Delhi Capitals in the IPL. We saw him at training this morning. He didn't have a hit. He was just sort of – I think he got in late last night at about 9 p.m., so he was just getting the the lay of the land. But uh, I think he might be having a hit tomorrow before the game and uh, hit a bit of form – for Dubai in the last match that he played on Saturday, hit 42. Uh, found it a bit tough going at the start when um, Jake Fraser McGurk, coincidentally, was, was scoring runs for Dubai in his couple of hits in that series, but um, got going with a, a, a sort of quick fire 42 on the weekend, and hopefully he can carry that into. Uh, the T20 series here with potentially, um, you know, his last series on Australian soil.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, And Matthew Wade, he did the press conference on Thursday, but I believe Mitch Marsh as captain was supposed to. What's going on there with Marsh?
1: Yeah, a bit of COVID. Who would have thought we'd been saying that uh, (laughs) this summer? But um, there's a few of them struck down recently. Uh, Josh Inglis had it in the ODI series and Mitch Marsh has got it now. So he was staying well away from everyone else um, at training. But he'll, he'll still play tomorrow and he'll still captain. Uh, Matty Wade doesn't think there'll be too much limitations on how close he can get to the bowl or his communication with, in the field with that, with that kind of thing. But, um, yeah, he's definitely isolating from the rest of the team today. Uh, but, uh, yeah, all good. He'll be all good to suit up tomorrow and, and, and captain the side.
0: And just as far as Wade goes, while well, he's still in this squad, obviously he would have been asked about his position in this team with Josh Inglis doing so well over recent times. Who's the number one keeper at the minute in this squad, Jack?
1: That's a tough one because they're both playing so well and they can both play such different roles in this T20 side. Uh, Matty Wade has made that number seven spot his own and he is um, dominating that position for Australia um, since, you know, Going back to the 2020 World, 21 World Cup that they won, um, uh, and then Inglis is doing so well at the top of the order as well. Uh, in India, he he batted up there, um, so it's it's tough. I, like there's a lot of quality in that batting lineup to squeeze in, um, uh, but I think it'll be hard to leave out Matty Wade at seven, given you know the record that he's had over the past few years. Um, whether you can find a spot for Inglis at the top of the order or somewhere floating through the middle, because you've got the likes of Maxwell, Tim David, Marcus Stoinis, who are all match winners, um, but you know that position, their consistency kind of kind of wavers. So whether you sacrifice some of that firepower for someone like Inglis, who is consistently you know hitting 30, 40, 50 um, runs, yeah, um, yeah, it's a it's a tough call for selectors to make. And I guess that's why these six T20s three here against the West Indies and then three in New Zealand are so crucial because they can, you know, nut out those combinations that they want to go with ahead of the World Cup.
0: Well, yeah, why don't we have a listen to what Matty Wade had to say about uh, nutting out those combinations in the middle order?
2: Yeah, it's exciting to get the boys back together. Obviously, um, leading into a World Cup um, not too far down the track. So we'll play here um, three in um, New Zealand and then kind of we find ourselves going to IPL and then it'll be the World Cup. So, yeah, it's important for us to start to get our combinations together. Luckily enough, over the last couple of years, we've kind of, especially as a batting unit, um, we're kind of getting some continuity through that um, order. So, yeah, continue to um, create bonds and um, try and win games leading into the World Cup. But, yeah, we'll find out a lot about a few guys pushing, you know, to make, to make the 15. It's an exciting time.
0: And, yeah, just on Wade, well, I guess um, the fact that he was the keeper and the number seven at that World Cup that they won a bit over two years ago in the UAE, I just think that gives him so many credits in the bank and I'm sure the selectors love that aspect of it given he's been there and done that. And he was so influential, especially the semi final against Pakistan where he and Stoinis had a great partnership. So I reckon... That's probably get just given him a few extra points ahead of Inglis at this stage. So it will be interesting to see if he plays all the way through, or if they do slowly try and transition to Inglis. But as you said, six ODI or six T20s to figure that out.
1: Yeah, and you did ask uh, George Bailey about that recently when the squad for this series was announced, Josh, and he said, you know, that spot was still up for grabs, but you know, he acknowledged how much Wade had had. Done in that in that position across a number of years um, and I think you know it's quite a specialist position now in T20 cricket that five six seven um, like it's a very hard role to play because the gap between uh, doing it so well and doing it so and you know getting out for a duck or you know not scoring you know you can go four or five innings without you know posting your score but I guess when you do come off um, you know it's a match when you knock and and Wade seems to be doing that more often than than others in that position.
0: Mm, yeah, we've seen very good players struggle in the middle order in T20s, uh, so it's a tough role to play, we know. Uh, as far as the top of the order goes, well, Warner seems to be the lock in that top spot, and as, as you also mentioned, there are lots of players putting their hand up to partner him there. So uh, Matty Wade was also asked about that. This is his opinion on the log jam at the top of the order.
2: Um, yeah, there's a bit of a log jam at the, at the top order. Obviously we've got Davey, who's you know arguably our best T20 opening batter, and then, you know, um, Mitchell Marsh has done it, uh, Greeny's done it. Um, you know, Ingo could find himself doing it as well. He batted three in India. So there, there's plenty of people that are, are pushing for that opening spot. Um, no doubt if he got picked, he's gonna do a good job, but um, you know, it's a good thing for Australian cricket to have a little bit of a log jam there with opening batters.
0: So, yeah, the ODI series is pretty one-sided, but I'm sure it won't be the case for these three T20s. The Windies have brought in some big names as they look ahead to the tournament uh, in a couple of months. that They'll be hosting the World Cup, so they've brought in Rovnan Powell as captain, and we've got Johnson Charles, Brandon King, a couple of top players. Order Blasters, Jason Holder, Akil Hussain, Carl Mayers, all these great all-rounders who have done the job on the T20 circuit. Nicholas Poran is is there, of course. We saw him with the Stars a few years ago. And, of course, the big man Andre Russell is also in the squad and ready to fire. He's got a good record in Australia across Big Bash and International. So it'll be interesting to see what he brings to the table, Jack.
1: Yeah, I was looking at this the other day. I I actually think um, Andre Russell... He might have not retired, but I'm pretty sure they gave him a sort of standing ovation the last time he played Australia in a T20 in the 2021 World Cup. But he is back, and um, he had a great impact against the against England in their T20 series victory uh, in December. Actually, he hit 29 off 41, uh, 29 off 14 balls. Sorry, in his return match, and then he hit a hit a fifty in the. Uh, in one of the other matches as well. But he's play- been playing a bit of a, a, a more a, more of a bowling role. So down the order, we know how destructive he can be with the bat, but his bowling has also come along as well. So he took three for 19 in that first game back and he's just been bashing those those hard links and um, proving very difficult to get away. So that's going to be exciting. They've got, as you said, a, a, a host of guys who have played in the big bash. They've seen Akil Hussain over the last couple of years for the Renegades. Renegades. Jason Holder has done uh, well here, as has Nicholas Pooran. So there's plenty of experience in that lineup in Australian conditions as well. So they're going to prove a handful in this series.
0: Yeah, and Carl Mays was another one who impressed in the T20s when they were here last summer as well. And uh, Johnson Charles is another who's been on the scene for a while and is now just starting to really establish himself as a star at the top of the order. So lots to look forward to there. For the West Indies, Jack. Anyone in particular that you're keen to get a glimpse of?
1: I'm keen to see Akil Hussain in the uh, international arena for for the West Indies here in Australia. I was quite impressed with the way he's gone about it the last couple of years in the in the Big Bash. Um, you know, he's oper- operates in an economy of around six point two five for the Renegades in his ten matches. Um, he's sent down the most overs for the West Indies in in T20 internationals over the last year and going under eight and over. So uh, he's someone who's going to prove very difficult to get away and uh, could be you know the barometer to how the West Indies fare in this series.
0: Absolutely. So three T20s all close together, as we said. Hobart, Adelaide, Perth. Make sure you grab a ticket if you're in those cities. Go along and have a look. And then, as you mentioned, Jack, Australia are off to New Zealand pretty much straight after that for three T20s and two test matches. We did get the squad for the T20s. Uh, Just a couple of days ago, as you said, no real surprises, Cummins, Stark, Head and Smith are all back into that squad as they fine tune their World Cup prep and then two tests after those T20s, that squad should be coming any day now so look out for uh, that as well because as we know, uh, New Zealand currently smashing South Africa in their test series so they'll be uh, up and about in the red ball format and it's always a close contest when those two sides australia and new zealand that is play across
1: the ditch absolutely yeah they're very good in those conditions uh new zealand you just have to look at the likes of of, uh tim Southey, you know kyle Jamison, um these guys neil wagner's missing this latest test against uh south africa with them playing mitch santner and couple of other spinners in Glenn Phillips as well and Ratch and Ravindra. So uh, they're very dominant in their own conditions and uh, it's going to be a a good test series to watch that one. I'm looking forward Mm. to it.
0: Yeah, I can't wait to see how Jameson and Ravindra go against the Aussies because they both yet to play tests against them. So that's going to be great to watch. Uh, that'll all be on Fox Cricket and KO Sports, of course. And, Jack, just before we go, we haven't touched on the AB Medal or the Belinda Clark Award. Obviously, Mitch Marsh took out the major trophy for Australian men and Ashley Gardner, the major award for the women. Fantastic to see those players rewarded. And uh, were either of those a surprise for you?
1: Uh I mean, it's it great to see Mitch Marsh win it. Um, it. But looking back on the year that he's had and getting back into the Test side, it's hard to see how he couldn't have won it. Um, he's just been dominant across all um, all three formats. And I was there for one of his hundreds in the World Cup against Pakistan. You were you were there as well. And uh, just to watch the way he's he's going about, it. he's just got so much confidence and just freedom to play his own game. So that that was great. And then uh, Ash Gardner as well. Um, she hasn't been quite at her best with the bat, but you know, watching her in that test at, at Trent Bridge, um, just bowl Australia to victory—that that was uh, sensational. So, um, no, no surprises there. Really, those guys have had great years, and um, yeah, great to see them uh, win those awards.
0: He love the energy that Marsh brings to that Aussie side, and as far as Gardner goes, well, it, she's become Australia's number one spinner, and she still bats in the top order. So it's a pretty remarkable feat for her. She's certainly on a great run at the minute.
1: She has. Everyone talks about the you know, the leg spinners that Australia have got in Jess Johnson, but um, yeah, Ash Gardner has been bowling the house down for a number of years, and uh, yeah, it's great to see uh, that finally that skill finally being recognised. I guess that she's not just a, a batter who bowls a bit. She's now uh, a fully-fledged you know, batting and bowling and fielding all-rounder.
0: Jack, thanks for joining us on this edition of the Unplayable Podcast all the way from Tasmania. We appreciate you tuning in and we'll touch base with you again, no doubt, after the series is complete. This has been the Unplayable Podcast brought to you by Qantas, the spirit of Australia.